The fastest, easiest way to buy crypto. If you're just getting into Bitcoin, it's the perfect place to start. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Layer High Open show powered by Icon Plus. So as always, some quick news for you. So Bloomberg has said South Korea is the world's leading innovative economy with Icon positioning itself as the gateway for financial institutions, DeFi, Web3 and DID solutions. Now, this show is sponsored by BlockFi. So a quick shout out to them. Um, I use them to earn up to 8.6% interest on my USDC. And you can actually get up to $250 um, when you sign up with them. So I've left the link for you in the description and in the comments. And before we bring on my guests, a quick shout out to CoinFlip. So you can actually get 10% off your transactions with them um, with a discount code. So I will leave that rolling somewhere in the bottom. Now, before I bring on my really brilliant guest today, um, who I'm sure you guys probably know who they are already. If you are watching on YouTube, please don't forget to hit the like button, hit subscribe so you never miss any of these amazing guests. Now, joining me today are the names behind the social network, the Bitcoin billionaires, and of course, the guys behind the crypto exchange, Gemini. It is, of course, Tyler and Cameron. How are you doing, guys? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Nice to see you, Cameron. Nice to see you too. All right. So guys, firstly, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm super excited to jump straight in because there's been some huge news this week. Um, you guys are partnering with um, Ben Mesrick again, which is really exciting. But this time you guys are executive producers um, of the Anti-Social Network. So talk to us. How did this come about? What is it about? Tyler, do you want to go for it first? Sure. We we first met Ben about a decade ago when he wrote The Accidental Billionaires, which became the movie The Social Network. And then we reconnected a couple of years ago because uh, he wanted to write a book about Bitcoin, which became Bitcoin Billionaires, which were portrayed in our early journey in, in Bitcoin. And then recently with the Wall Street Bets GameStop drama of last week, he wrote a treatment that uh, MGM picked up this weekend and we're going to executive produce. So that's our history with Ben. So what's this going to look like, Cameron? We'll come to you. What's this going to look like, right? So for those that don't really know what happened with GameStop, explain anti-social network because that's a bit of a spin-off from the social network. Yeah, so it's an interesting story. Basically, um, a bunch of people on the Wall Street Bets subreddit um, started buying GameStop, which was a very heavily shorted um, stock. I think over like 150% more than the actual amount of shares or float. Um, so a few hedge funds uh, were trying to drive this company into the ground. And a bunch of these individual traders, which refer to themselves as DGENs and um, another uh, other things, other terms or whatever, um, basically banded together and uh, ran over this hedge fund. And I think the hedge fund lost something like four or five billion dollars. And it was sort of this triumphant moment where individuals sort of um, stuck it to um, the institutions. And almost always historically, it's been sort of the other way around. And mm. it was a really interesting moment. Um, and that's kind of how it all got started. And I think the Wall Street Bets forum in Reddit has grown by something like 6 million users. And a lot of these individuals who trade and, and go to GameStop and believe in the company, um, but also kind of um, believe that the system in Wall Street is broken 
and and rigged against them. So a lot of this is is really sort of almost out of protest um, uh, against the system um, and things like that. So that's sort of the the general uh, gist of what's been going on. But the whole against the system. So I have a quite an interesting interesting way of looking at this. Do you think this is something which is predominantly kind of an idea within this online crypto community? Because I know I saw you guys on CNBC. And you were sort of putting forward this idea. And I think particularly for Tyler, it didn't go down so well. Yeah, well, um, last week, the Robinhood app halted, mysteriously halted the buying of certain tickers of GameStop and AMC, but um, allowed you to continue to short them. And so people sort of saw that centralized power saying, sort of deplatforming you and saying, hey, you can't trade these now. You can only sell them. You can't buy them. So that's where a lot of the outrage was that the little guy um, was being told like, hey, now you you can't trade this. And I think it got a lot of people thinking about um, uh, crypto, Bitcoin and, and DeFi because there is no deplatforming in Bitcoin. There's no deplatforming in crypto. There's no call to make. And whether it's a clearinghouse calling or a hedge fund calling a clearinghouse, um, there's no, there, you can't make a call to, the, the clearinghouse is the blockchain. Uh, crypto settles uh, atomistically in, in real time. And you can't call the blockchain and say, hey, um, risk concerns, increase margin, um, stop mm -hmm. that going through. And so the decentralized nature of Bitcoin and crypto, that power, really came to center stage at the same time that um, how so few hands control centralized finance and a few people can tell, um, you know, Robinhood or all their users, now you can't actually trade this. And so that's where a lot of the outrage and confusion, but also the light was shined onto the, the centralized system and how few people actually run it um, and the establishment makes uh, the decisions for you. So that was really the big eye opener for for me and a lot of people, um, the, the whole world, frankly, last year, uh, last week. Except for the guys on CNBC, though. <laughs> yeah, no, they they were they were shocked and dumbfounded that I might suggest that um, someone may have leaned on on Robinhood to shut down trading on one side which we know actually now has been the case. Um, the clearing organizations did lean on Robinhood and it's unclear um, who leaned on the clearing organizations. And the other element that makes this particularly sort of nefarious feeling, and may maybe there's a good innocent answer, but we really haven't heard it, is that I kind of understand if if you say, hey, we got to shut down trading on both sides. So you can't you can't buy, but you also can't sell. Yes. Um, and then if there's uh, a margin issue or a reserves issue, then you shut down margining. So you allow people to uh, buy and sell without margin. So A, you could just shut it all down, right? So it's not just the buying and selling. You shut both, you freeze the entire stock. Or if you're not going to do that, you freeze margin, but you allow people to trade with full reserves. So if they actually have the cash on hand, then they can make the buy as opposed to borrowing. So the idea that the it's the clearinghouse's fault doesn't explain to me why you shut down one side of the trade and not the other. 
um, and uh, and why you wouldn't shut down just margin, but allow fully funded, full reserve trades to go. And, and so that's definitely, that adds to the nefarious feeling around it, the feeling that the goalpost was changed, mm. that, the, that the, the playing field's not level. And once the retail investor starts to win the uphill battle, they just tilt um, the playing field you know, even more to make it steeper and harder. So all of those, whether they're optics or whatever, maybe they just have terrible PR um, and <laughs> they don't know how to manage this crisis, but they've been through a lot of crises before, not quite this level, but there's been a lot of stuff in the press about you know, the commission-free trading, which really isn't tr free, um, the gamification of these platforms that encourages people to um, trade and invest in ways that like maybe don't fully understand. Um, so they've dealt with like some headwinds and press before, but like the fact that we still don't really know and people have been digging for answers and it's almost a week later, um, that's hard to understand. Yeah, and it seems like the the questions aren't being asked a ton. I mean, I think mm -hmm. uh, Elon interviewed uh, the founder on Clubhouse, but I, I'm not seeing sort of, uh, and maybe I'm just not seeing it in my feed or, or wherever of, of journalists like running up the chain. Okay, Robinhood, if it wasn't you, then it was a clearinghouse. Who in the clearinghouse? And and let's get some answers here, right? It, it's a very opaque um, system with like endless plausible deniability, and it all really underscores. The, the the sort of the importance of DeFi, um, the permissionless nature. And that's really where it's all going. I mean, GameStop was this, this battle on the turf of Wall Street in the system. Robinhood's just an extension of that system. It's a horse with a better saddle. It's got fancier marketing. At the end of the day, it's beholden to the system. We saw firsthand. It's like playing um, a football game and uh, American football and, and um, you know, one team's not allowed to score for a quarter. Hey, you can only play defense. You can liquidate your position, but you cannot offensively score um, and go play that game. And DeFi doesn't have that movable goalpost. And and that's where it's going to go. It's it, it's sort of, it's less about, hey, let's go fix this system that's that's not transparent. And you see it with money too, right? The 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 Fed in the US, it's a, it's a board, I think, of 12 governors making decisions behind uh, a door in a closed room. We have no idea. And then they come out and say, hey, aha, we, we've done this. It's like the Wizard of Oz and and people are, are, are waking up. And so GameStop was, it wasn't just about a ticker or a price. Um, it was really this awakening of like, wait a second, this is just the system. And what is what alternatives do we have? And that's how we get to and, and that's why we've been excited about Bitcoin and Ethereum for um, the better part of eight years. And, you know, we're just seeing more and more reasons um, for, for them and the need. Yeah, I mean, I think I, for one, hope that this is, um, you know, one of those things that will wake people up to cryptocurrency. I think the whole coronavirus, the whole printing of money is sort of one thing that's been able to wake people up a little bit. Um, I hope this is another thing, especially um, for you know Gen Z. But in terms of the movie that's coming out, 
Can you give us an idea of how it's going to look? I know it's still super early days, but what kind of angle are you taking? And also, in terms of key players, how are you going to do this? Because there aren't any, you know, actual faces behind the Reddit group. It's not like, you know, social network where you had yourself, you had Mark Zuckerberg, you had Eduardo, these were all personalities. Um, how are you going to do this? Yeah, that's a really great question. And and Ben Mesrick um, is is super talented, maybe one of the best people in the world of sort of teasing and pulling the story out. When we met with him a, a couple of years ago about Bitcoin, he had read in the in the New York Times that we were had become Bitcoin billionaires. And he's like, wait a second, okay, I need to reach out to these guys and talk to them and see what they're up to. And we sat around for like an hour or two and kind of told them what we had been up to. And he's like, I think there's a story here. And we're like, mm. are you sure? I don't know. It seems like pretty normal, like, you know, day to day for us. Um, and then he kind of came back and was like, hey, I think this is like actually really, really interesting. And these are the different things I want to talk about. And he's a masterful storyteller in that regard. And so he's actually already talking to the mods on the Wall Street Bets uh, boards. He's talking mm -hmm. to people. In, uh, hedge funds and finance, and and he's sort of very good at getting to sources and, and teasing out and pulling out the story and then building a cohesive uh, sort of three act um, uh, uh, narrative that that's really um, built purpose built sort of for for the movie. So um, there's going to be people like Roaring uh, the Roaring Kitty um youtuber um who's hilarious and actually has been talking about gamestop for like well over a year oh, um, wow. he's like sort of built for for movie and, and and this kind of uh medium and there's other characters like that along the way so i think it's going to be incredibly colorful and it's going to be sort of a uh you know the the internet like it's going to capture yeah. the zeitgeist of of this movement and the internet and uh, all these different individuals sort of this this beehive like um coming together um so i i, I think it's going to be really interesting yeah, I saw Ben tweeted. He was like, I'm going to put all of your tweets in the movie. <laughs> it's going to be really just sort of showcasing, um, you know, what all of this is really. Um, yeah, but I, the, yeah, go for it. The beauty part about this is that so much unfolded out in the open. Yes. Uh, the Wall Street Bets channel, right? Anyone can see that. Yeah. Um, the Twitter, the area that people can't see is the decision making of Robin Hood the call yeah. or the inquiries into the clearinghouse or from the clearinghouse to Robin Hood, the decision-making of Melvin Capital, what happened in Melvin Capital, what happened at Citadel. That side is completely private um, and obfuscated from the public, but the Wall Street Bets and the Twitter and Roaring Kitty, um, all that's out there, you know? So, the, so that, that's, that, that part's easy to sort of bring to the silver screen, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this happens. And if, you know, you guys and Ben are able to sort of really put forward the lack of um, transparency there, I think it will play an amazing case um, yeah. for and, cryptocurrency. And there's, there's such a uh, crazy intersection. I mean, Elon Musk is a big part of the story, right? Yes, I'm Elon so excited. Elon Stonk sent it uh, to the moon. And so there's sort of that that parallel uh, intersection with Elon. Like, why is Elon involved in the GameStop <laughs> thing? Or why is he talking about it? Um, and I think, you know, Mark Cuban has talked about it. We talked about it. Um, there's, there's so Dave many, Portnoy. what's that? Yeah, Portnoy. Portnoy. Right. I uh, think he just put 700 million into AMC. I just saw by the way, before we went live. 700 million? Who put that in? I think, or maybe I'm, 
I think, think you know, lost seven hundred thousand because uh, the stock was was halted. So he bought at the top and sold at the bottom. So he's upset that he lost money because Robin Hood and Vlad decide Vlad the stock impaler decided that hey you can't you can no longer. Um, She's calling uh, Vlad the impaler. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Vlad the stock impeller. I think that was Elon Musk <laughs> name for him when he interviewed him. Um, but it's fitting. But yeah, because you know um, Vlad woke up or someone woke up and said you can no longer buy this. Dave mm -hmm. Porter lost almost a million dollars. Yeah, I think it's terrible. Yep. Um, and and the thing is, um, you know, the, the social network when it came out in two thousand ten. Um, is really the first movie about sort of modern, um, the modern mm. like, college experience, the modern tech experience, entrepreneurship, startups. Uh, when we were at Harvard, um, I think computer science might have been like the least popular in major. Because um, yeah. it was in, it, you know, the, the dot-com bubble had happened in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. People were still sort of reeling from that. And I think, you know, this story sort of has the opportunity to be sort of the first modern story about like the internet and the subcultures and the subreddits mm -hmm. and all, all those um, different, uh, you know, elements out there and, and capturing the time. And it's, it's about 10 years later and it's sort of like the timing lines up every 10 years. There's this like new zeitgeist. And I think it has the potential of capturing uh, so much that's going on right now with like the issues of centralization and decentralization, the movements of Bitcoin and things like that. So it's going to be um, incredibly colorful, maybe more so than the social network. Oh, I think so. I think it's going to be far more um, colorful, as you put it. But I want to talk about the social network. So I do want to go back a bit to how we all first heard of the Winklevoss twins. It was obviously because of the movie. It was because of Facebook. So you guys were kind of seen initially um, as the bad guys because you guys were the jocks. And Mark was, you know, the nerd. So we sort of felt sorry for him. But after time, that narrative obviously began to change. So I do want to hear about that moment, um, that iconic moment when you found out that Mark had potentially stolen your idea. Yeah, look, it was a, it was a very convenient narrative to pit us as sort of the, the jocks, the establishment, um, the bad guys, um, yeah. the guys in Karate Kid who were Cobra Kai. Um, <laughs> I just started watching that on Netflix and it's a pretty, pretty awesome um, show. Highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, like it was a convenient like 80s narrative. Yeah. Um, sort of fast forward, we kind of now see Facebook as the establishment. I think um, history or, or time has a way of sort of the truth surfacing. Um, and, and I think a lot of folks were like, wait a second, you guys can't be like jocks and, and idea guys and executors and tech guys. That's not for you. That's for the fuzzy nerd people over here. And it's like, mm -hmm. wait a second. No, that's just not the way the world necessarily has to work. Um, and when we first read about the Facebook, we read about it in the Harvard Crimson in February of like 2004. And we're like, this sounds like our site. This sounds like, are there more than one Mark Zuckerberg at the school? Because yeah. he is a twin. Like what? what is, it was an incredibly uh, surreal experience and kind of um, blindsided us and really was just a huge punch like, in the gut. We were yeah. just like, what? what just went on and then we just basically had to figure out what the right path forward was um we went to the uh 
the university president, uh, Larry Summers at the time, uh, there's a scene that's pretty, pretty hilarious in the social network. Uh, he's got his sh uh, shoes up on the, on the, on the table. He's incredibly uh, dismissive, scornful. All of that's true. Um, spot on. N none of that. In fact, uh, if anything, they, they downplayed it. Um, he was incredibly unhelpful. Um, and we were sort of, uh, confused because the university has like an ethics, uh, code and a rule of conduct. And we're like, well, gee, okay. You guys don't really care about any of this stuff. Interesting. Okay. We were sort of, uh, mistaken on that, but he did say, Hey, go to the courts. That was his advice. And, and we did. And that, you did. that was really our only, um, uh, uh, course of action there. And, uh, you know, it took uh, many years, um, but we got to a place, you know, and then moved on. And, and really the last 10 years have been all about crypto. I mean, look, uh, Facebook has obviously grown a lot. It's, it's a, it's, it's has its um, issues or, or, you know, there's a lot going on, but we're really focused on, on Bitcoin, Ether um, and cryptocurrency in general. And we started Gemini, um, our exchange, Gemini.com. Um, in, in 2014, it was sort of an idea in 2014, we launched in 2015, once we got our trust company license, and we're just basically trying to create a platform where it's super easy for you to buy, sell and store, and now lend your crypto to earn yield, um, and make like a platform that's super simple because I think a lot of people, like once they sort of buy into Bitcoin or Ethereum, they're like, I get it. I understand yeah. the story, but how do I get it and do it in a safe way? When we first got in in 2012, uh, we there wasn't a safe way. We took on a ton of risk, had to build our own cold storage system, which is chronicled in the Bitcoin Billionaire's book. It's a really fun uh, chapter. I think people tend that really resonates with people. They they often like cite that um, that uh, that chapter, and we basically built Gemini to kind of help solve that problem and mainstream this movement. Yeah, I want to focus on Gemini, but before we do, because hey. Bitcoin came first, I want to do it. I want to do it. We're going to do it. And we're going to talk about the, the new earn feature. But before Gemini, you guys bought Bitcoin in Ibiza. So I do just kind of want to talk about that because it's totally random. And actually, it's really important because what what's really unique with you guys is that you're at the center of two of the biggest um, revolutions that we've had in the last decade, right? So you had Facebook, which kind of sparked social media, and then now Bitcoin, which has been a huge revolution. So how did you stumble across Bitcoin? Yeah, so we found love in a hopeless place. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we, were, we were in Ibiza um, in the summer of 2012 on vacation. We're not looking for the next big thing. Somebody uh, from Brooklyn actually recognized us from the social network, the movie, and said, hey, you know, started talking, we started chatting. And he said, have you guys thought about virtual currency or Bitcoin? And we hadn't at the time. We're like, tell me more. Um, so we started chatting about it. And at first it sounded um, a little crazy. And then we took a, a shot of tequila and it started to make okay. a lot more sense. And uh, we, we connected uh, stateside and um, started reading up on, on Bitcoin. And we're really blown away by what we saw as like a money network, a monetary network. Um, and money really is the ultimate social network when you think of it. When you think of 
why gold has value. It's because people are willing to accept it and they believe in it. They have faith in, in, in that um, instrument. And, and Bitcoin uh, really has a lot of the similar properties. And we sort of said, wow, this feels like it could be the next big thing. It's either complete bullshit yeah. or, or, you know, very binary or it could be incredibly enormous, a, a incredible uh, network and invention. And, and just the, the, the risk of sort of not being a part of it, that fear was, was huge. We have to kind of figure this thing out. And we started talking to Bitcoiners and getting really, um, they were so passionate, like the energy. And it yeah. felt like there's this little secret hiding in plain sight that we had stumbled upon and, and we couldn't like get enough of it. So we we did the uh, the the crazy thing of uh, jumping in, uh, you know, just into the deep end and buying a lot, you know, buying a ton. And I'm not sure we even at the time could totally articulate it because Bitcoin's kind of a complex thing, but we felt it. We knew mm. we knew like this this is going to be um, incredible. And in that buying process, we started to think about okay, well, how do we kind of help build this industry as opposed to also, you know, investing is one thing, but you also want to be, we're builders at heart. We love building things. And so what can we build? What should we build? What do we need to build to make this thing um, really go mainstream? Yeah. And obviously you went and, and you built Gemini. So I, I do want to talk about Gemini a bit because um, you guys are, you know, you do, you do everything properly, obviously, and, you know, you've got the regulation in place. And I think you never listed XRP, is that right? Because of the, the lack of clarity. That's correct. Yeah, so, so with that in mind, um, you know, you're obviously very much in line with everything. So what are your thoughts on regulation and sort of mass adoption and this um, space moving forward? Do you think regulation is gonna be really necessary and how is Gemini gonna sort of work with these new developing regulations and laws? Yeah, so our belief is that thoughtful regulation builds really healthy, vibrant, strong markets. It's also the only way to um, build a bridge between um, your money and your bank now and getting into crypto. So mm -hmm. Gemini was not a regulated New York trust company with money transmission licenses in almost 50 states. Um, if we didn't have an e-money license in the UK, um, yeah. if we didn't have a license in Singapore uh, pending, then it would be very difficult for you to go to your bank and wire money or convert it into Bitcoin, Ether, crypto. Um, because we have those licenses, because we've worked with regulators to become regulated and help them shape and educate them on the regulation to build the right regulation, you can open an account with Gemini, you can wire your money to our account and you can buy uh, Bitcoin Ether. You can keep it with us, you can store it, but you can also withdraw it um, yeah. Gemini into your wallet, into another exchange, let's say Coinbase, into a DeFi protocol like Aave. Um, and so that is the only way we know how to sort of link up these two worlds and build that adapter bridge portal so that people can come over. Um, people should be aware also, um, while we're on the topic of, of Robinhood um, and dogging on them a little bit, is that when you buy crypto there, it's actually stuck in jail. 
it's a walled garden. So if you buy Bitcoin at Robinhood, um, it's actually stuck there and you have to sell it into cash, wire the cash out, and then wire the cash back to Gemini mm. to buy Bitcoin. The problem with that, other than the friction and the inconvenience, is that when you sell your Bitcoin exposure in Robinhood, it's a taxable event. So um, it's very inefficient and costly for you to actually go in and out of Bitcoin. Um, and it really kind of destroys your ab ability to huddle long term if you want to. But um, kind of going back to the original question, um, we think thoughtful regulation is the best way to get as many people into uh, Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum, DeFi. Um, and so that's why we we dedicated the last now six years of our lives to to um, uh, working on that and, and building Gemini with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was speaking to Raul Powell about um, regulation and he was sort of saying that if we want it to be, if we want Bitcoin to be the next big thing, if we want it to be this store of value that, you know, outperforms gold and so on, regulation is necessary for the big names to get in, like, you know, we saw with MicroStrategy. Um, Otherwise, you know, it, it just stays as something that people use within the community and it is what it is. Um, but I guess, you know, we all sort of want it really to take off, you know, we yeah, spin and, it against the gold narrative. And one day, once everybody's in, right, Gemini might look different. Um, mm. evolve. They could have more of a decentralized clearing mechanism that involves the blockchain or whatnot. So, um we're a living, breathing organism, a company like any good company. Um, you're always looking to disrupt yourself. You know, you're not just yeah. placing on what's your current stack look like um, or protecting your franchise business. You're looking out on the horizon, like what's the next frontier? And we may have different stacks right now. We're, we're a sex or a checks or however you want to call it, a centralized exchange. Um, and we could have you know different stacks for different customers depending on where the market evolves and speaking of gemini developing you've obviously just launched the earn feature so tell us about this and how does it compare to what blockfi have um, what celsius network have crypto.com yeah so we um we just increased what we call the money verbs at gemini um so buy and sell are two verbs, right? Two actions you can take and then store um, and now earn. And so mm -hmm. you can lend your crypto and earn yield or earn interest on that. Um, I think our rates are, are, are really competitive, um, but also like our trust brand and the fact that we're a New York trust company, everything we're doing is regulated. And so you sort of have that layer of trust over um, the 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 offering, which really doesn't, I think, exist anywhere else. Um, there are other places offshore that are unregulated that um, you know will offer yield, but uh, buyer beware because there's no recourse um, and things like that. So we think, I mean, that's that's like the the number one question I tend to get is people want to understand like what is the safety and security here behind it because. You, you buy Bitcoin or whatever, you want to hodl it. You also want to protect that value and you want to make sure that you're protecting it and it's safe in yield. And we think we've built a really great product uh, that that helps consumers get yield, but also protects them and things like that. Um, and I think we're the only people in New York State, for example, big state, um, 
that offers it in a regulated manner. So uh, we're really excited about it and we're gonna be rolling it out to other parts of the world as well and adding more assets to it uh, coming in the next couple of weeks. So- Where is it available right now? Uh, I believe we're in all 50 US states right now. Uh, so basically all of America. Um, okay. and we're looking at other international areas, um, more assets. And, uh, and so it's, it's sort of in a, we're in like a soft launch mode. I think next week it gets opened up to everyone. Um, the, the numbers are, are pretty staggering, um, in terms of like the uptake. Um, I won't disclose them right this moment other than saying that, um, it, it's been really phenomenal to watch. Uh, the other thing that we got, the, the other recent product launch that, this brings to mind is our credit card offering yeah. um, where you can basically swipe your credit card and earn crypto uh, rewards back. People uh, are going crazy for that. They're really excited because um, it's a behavior that we all do. And instead yeah. of getting silly rewards points or, or airline miles, you can now actually invest and save as you spend your, your, cash, which is quickly becoming trash because of all the money spending. Um, and it turns consumers into into investors. And that's that's a really cool uh, element. And it's a great way to access crypto in an easy to understand manner. Because one of the other questions that I often get asked is like, well, when do I buy? How do I time it? How much should I buy? And this takes those questions and thought out of it, um, where you just sort of can kind of do it on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I think it's really exciting just to sort of see how this space is moving. Um, and I really like the idea that, you know, you can earn, you said you can earn, was it Bitcoin back you said, right? You can get your cash back yeah, in Bitcoin? You, any, <coughs> excuse me, any, um, any crypto that we support, I think we have about okay. six right now. Um, and so you could choose Bitcoin, you could choose Ethereum, you could choose uh, Litecoin, wh whatever token that we support. I think that's great because I, I use a lot of different cards because um, they all do different things just slightly differently. And um, I don't like to get my cash back in their own token um, because it devalues, unfortunately, really quickly. Um, but I guess- you Right, know, what's an airline mile actually worth? We, we don't yeah, have- Yeah, especially when you can't fly anyway. <laughs> right, right, exactly, you know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so if this pandemic continues, then at least we uh, we get our Bitcoin or Ethereum back. But speaking of Ethereum, you guys are super bullish on ETH, um, which is really cool to see. So I'd love to know why. What is it? Um, because obviously, you know, Bitcoin is sort of the heart and soul of this, but it's quite cool to hear that you're into ETH. So whoever wants to go for it. Yeah, we've been long-term ETH hodlers um, uh, pretty much since inception. And we were actually the first uh, regulated exchange in the world to list Ether, I think, in April of 2016. So we've been big supporters of the project for a long time. And if Bitcoin is sort of the store of value, like think of it as digital gold, it's filling that quadrant of, of money um, or utility, um, Ethereum is really this like decentralized operating system where you can build apps or smart contracts or really whatever you want. And to run these apps or contracts, you need Ether. So it's yeah. sort of like the digital oil of this operating system. Um, and it powers a lot of this stuff. And so as more and more apps get sort of built on top of Ethereum, then there's greater demand for for ether and so we're seeing an explosion in decentralized finance right now where people are building 
lending applications and exchanges or decentralized exchanges like called DEXs. And people are, uh, you know, basically re-architecting financial services on the Ethereum blockchain. And um, I think, you know, people are, are naturally very bullish about the prospects because when you think about the possibilities of of a operating system they're sort of limitless the kind of what you could build and we we have no idea i mean a year from now the things that are going to be coming out um we're going to look back and say wow i can conceptualize that um it's a sort of cambrian explosion of of ideas and 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 development and so when we think of the value of Bitcoin, and we actually wrote a piece on on uh, the case for five hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin, we okay, pub- wow. we published it in August. Um, it's on our website, winklevosscapital.com. and we basically said, "Look, we think Bitcoin overtakes gold for these reasons. If you look at the market cap of gold, it's like an eight nine trillion dollar uh, market cap, and so we backed into five hundred thousand dollars a coin." I think Bitcoin was trading at 13,000 in in August when we published. Mm-hmm. It's now at 37,000. Um, it's it's making progress, but it's still like 15 times off of where we think it can be within the next decade. That's sort of the time. Within the, dec- the next decade. Within the decade. It could be as fast as five years, um, but we're very confident that within the decade. Um, <clears throat> but Ethereum is sort of, if you take the operating system of iOS and Windows, yeah and Linux sort of is all of that potential or cloud computing. It's all of that potential. And it's really hard to put a ceiling or a framework on creativity, you know, and in what that means. Um, So how do you value that? Um, Well, I can tell you that at $1,500 Ether, today it's $1,600, but the all-time high was breached, I think, um, a day or two ago. And that was reached three years ago. And the amount of work that's gone on and the the development and maturity of the network in the past three years, you're looking at Ethereum basically at its all time high. Um, It feels like really undervalued uh, where it currently is. Um, Bitcoin is twice what it's all time or close to twice its all time high of three years ago. So we think there's a lot of value there and um, loved sort of the endless possibilities and nature of it. So I take it then you guys are quite for the whole DeFi movement um, because I think although people are pro ETH, sometimes a lot of people sort of think DeFi is just a shambles. Um, what's your take? So we're definitely pro DeFi. We've listed uh, dozens of DeFi tokens on Gemini. Um, we're really uh, very supportive. It's early days, right? And 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 uh, it's in the process of sort of building the building blocks or the money Legos and putting them together and re-architecting um, uh, centralized finance. Um, and there's risk, right? It's not the most user-friendly experience. There's there's definitely risk. Some projects will will fail spectacularly, and some yeah. some of them will be incredibly successful. Um, and so it's new and and that has to be sort of the lens at which you approach it but i think what's happening the the foundational start of it is is really um amazing and and it doesn't compete with bitcoin that's like one of the big things and and unfortunately um you you see as people become maxis or maximalists and they're like only bitcoin or only ethereum 
or only you know whatever token and it doesn't have to be the case because they're solving totally different things and you know we we often talk about like if you look at sport right the world's best gymnast in the world looks a lot different than the world's best bodybuilder they're yeah. both phenomenal at what they do but a gymnast wouldn't be you know a great bodybuilder and and a, and vice versa they'd be really horrible at each other's sports um and uh and so they're they're doing different things and there's room for a couple of amazing projects another really cool one that we're bullish and in investors in is filecoin it's creating this decentralized uh data storage layer so if you think of um uh storing your files on on dropbox right well yeah. there's a potential that Dropbox says, you know, at some point, hey, we don't really want to store your files. Sorry, we're closing you down. Um, uh, and, and there's censorship resistant uh, risks. Um, and and I think that um, they're, they're also not built to like interact with blockchain. So if you're building a decentralized app on Ethereum that needs to store data, um, you know, Filecoin is a really interesting place to store encrypted data. And the token is, is the Filecoin is the token or the asset of that network. Um, that's a really cool project. It's not competing with Bitcoin. It's not helping Ethereum. In fact, it's creating synergies and things like that. So we don't prescribe to the sort of the maximalist philosophy. We like looking at projects. Are they solving like unique problems? What are the teams behind this? What's like the, the genesis, the origin story? And then going from there. Um, there's probably not going to be hundreds and hundreds, um, but there's not going to be one or two or three. There's going to be a number of really exciting crypto projects. I, I'd also say that, um, you know, whether or not you believe in DeFi or it works, it actually has a chance of solving the problems that we saw last week with Robinhood, right? Yeah. And centralized finance. The fact that um, all of the power is held in so few hands um, DeFi has got a shot at completely re-architecting the financial infrastructure and reimagining and rebuilding Wall Street in a decentralized, permissionless, credibly neutral uh, manner. And I think that's that's a huge idea, and there's tremendous promise. So, like, I have to be a cheerleader of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, you know, people also sort of look at Africa as a sort of um, a let's say an example of where this stuff could become really useful where they don't have the financial infrastructure that we have in the west and they sort of skip um you know entire revolutions um i just think with DeFi, i think it just needs more time it needs more credibility it needs more work um you know as we always say think you know we're still early um but i'm with you i'm, I'm so excited to see how it completely changes things and takes the power back yeah, and also like um, if you can't get a loan, right, from your bank, yeah, exactly. you can't get a bank account, can't get a loan, you can't start a business, you can't mortgage your house, maybe use that to start a business. Like so many people, the the decision of your financial future, whether you're not able to prepare uh, to create, you know, create wealth for your family and build a better like situation for yourself um, and your family is a decision made by a few people at a bank. Yeah. Um, so that's what I love about the fact of DeFi. It's like you're interacting with a smart contract. If you if you deposit um, the the collateral or whatever, you can you can borrow or you can lend. And smart contracts don't discriminate for any reason at all. Computer code is not biased. Um, that's not the case with humans. That's not the case with all these gatekeepers. So um, 
I, I think that's really important. A lot of people um, kind of miss that part too, maybe, um, is how democratic, and if you literally have a smartphone, um, you know, in an internet connection, you can all of a sudden get access to credit, access, you can save, um, you know, life savings. You have a, you have a basically a bank in, in your pocket and you have the basic tools to create a better life for yourself, to grow your wealth for yourself, your family and your future generations. Um, and that's just like too big to overlook. So do you guys hold any DeFi tokens, any coins like Link? We're not on the Link train. Uh, actually, we, we might have a, a de minimis amount, but not um, not large, large. But uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting project. We, we support it on Gemini. Uh, the Link Marines are a very passionate <laughs> group. Um, it's always fun interacting with them on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. So just quickly back to Bitcoin for a sec, you know, you mentioned you think it could surpass gold. So what is your general view for um, Bitcoin and the space? Do you see it as, um, you know, the reserve currency? Do you see it as um, a day to day payment solution or just as a store of value? Um, I think store of value, definitely emergent. You know, obviously it's got its work cut out for it. It's still, um, you know, needs to be a multi-trillion dollar uh, uh, asset to, to sort of really have arrived in that direction. Um, <clears throat> we're seeing companies put it on their balance sheet, mm -hmm. against inflation with all the money printing that's happened in COVID um, and even really before then. Um, and we think that there will be some central banks and governments that like actually start buying Bitcoin and putting it on their balance sheet and understand mm -hmm. the value. They, they, They've, uh, you know, been using gold and buying gold for for many, many, many years. Um, we think Bitcoin is just around the corner there. Um, so really exciting. And then does it become sort of this reserve currency of the Internet? Very, very possibly um, that it's kind of where people store their value. And then, then they move in and out of Bitcoin into other things when they need to build smart contracts on Ethereum or whatever, and then move that value back into something like, you know, Bitcoin. So um, we think it's super interesting and it cannibalizes the the, the gold uh, that story gets even more interesting when you look at um how much gold there is in the universe uh we wrote about this this summer and um i think people thought we were a little crazy that's um, true but there's there's billions if not trillions of uh dollars of gold a uh, notional sitting on asteroids floating around this planet um, I think Elon Musk and NASA, they've already got a mission um, uh, to explore uh, a particular asteroid. I forget what the name of the mission is. Psyche. Psyche. Okay. So that's, that, that ship has already left, literally, physically. That's insane. Yeah. It's, it's launched, right? And so this idea of, of putting a probe on an asteroid and starting to potentially investigate what's actually in it and potentially mine it, um, it's not sci-fi. It's it's not so out there. It's 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 truly it, it's probably within the next twenty-five years. And this idea that gold is scarce, it's really just because the technology hasn't been there. It's been like an access to space problem. We've barely sort of scratched the earth. Look at oil. Uh, the U.S. is now a net exporter of oil. Um, not thought possible fifteen years ago. Uh, and then fracking technology came about and we're now pulling out tons of oil and um, we're literally selling it to other countries. So, uh, yeah, we think the gold story is not good long term. Yeah. Um, and, and that sort of further 
highlights the need for, for Bitcoin, which is a truly fixed asset, the only asset of its kind in the observable universe. More demand cannot, will not uh, increase supply. And that's, that's uh, an amazing thing. Yeah, I think uh, I think I made a video um, maybe a few a few months ago about there being gold on asteroids, and I definitely got the same response. Like people thought I was absolutely nuts. Absolutely, um, that's just insane. Uh, yeah. One thing is, I recently read an investor letter from a very uh, blue chip Wall Street fiduciary firm um, that is in um, uh, in Bitcoin, um, and they talked about. Uh, Bitcoin or gold mining on asteroids. So oh, okay. it's happening. You're just an early adopter like us. It's like, it's classic, right? When we got into Bitcoin and started talking about it, people ridicule, laugh, you know, make fun of. And now all of a sudden you become, you're the smartest person in the room. And it's the same thing with um, mining gold on on asteroids. It's like that famous quote. I don't know. It's, it's uh, ascribed to Gandhi. First, they ignore you, ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. It's the same thing for every entrepreneur um, or, or actually, frankly, a good investor is that you sort of look crazy um, and people sort of ridicule you. But then all of a sudden your thesis proves right. And, you know, you are the smartest person in the room. You, you, you can't have consensus when you're talking about the future or the frontier or something innovative or forward thinking, you have to be alone and be willing to be alone on your thinking there. Um, and so that's just part of like, when, when people disagree or sort of have that reaction, I kind of feel like I know I'm onto something. Yeah, I wanna just like quickly delve into this a little bit um, because like I said, you guys uh, were at the forefront of the two biggest revolutions. Some people might've said before you guys stumbled onto Bitcoin that the first one was just circumstantial having been at Harvard and so on. Um, but it, but it's obviously not, and you guys are doing incredible stuff. Um, what would you say, I guess, is the key to, it's a hard question, I appreciate that. So what would you say the key is to sort of entrepreneurship and, um, you know, really going for something and spotting that that needle in a haystack, I guess, or the diamond in a rough? Yeah, I mean, I think that that it's a, it's a great question. And I think that... Um, Creativity is so important. And I think a lot of people get sort of pushed off their authentic selves and they kind of lose that that spark and and they sort of get pushed off of, of what they really think is cool. And they go end up like sort of going down paths that are pretty straightforward and, and in the box. So I think mm. like um, really sort of staying true to your own creativity is really the only way to be competitive and build in that infinite game um, where there's just unknowns. Um, I mean, when we started Gemini, Bitcoin was really like the only like thing out there. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, we couldn't have predicted a lot of what's happened, and yet we knew if we built like a a cool team, a great team, brilliant people, we're just going to find cool things to do here. And so that's part of it. Um, it's incredibly sort of uh, stressful and hard work and very narrow um like you you have to give up things you will give up a ton to do it and and like what what have you guys given up um just uh a lot of like time time yeah like your own personal time right you know sometimes you're you're pulling just uh you're working non-stop through weekends for months um, but i think but I, but it doesn't feel like you're working that's the key right that's why 
um, it's a good idea for us to be entrepreneurs. But if it if it feels like a sacrifice too much or too much time, um, then it's probably not the right adventure for you because it is literally one of the hardest things you can do and take on in your life. Um, we trained for 15 years to become Olympic athletes, and that was a very difficult, difficult pursuit. Um, starting a company is in the same realm. It, there, there are differences, um, but you give up a lot of, or you know, ostensibly give up a lot of things. Um, but it doesn't feel like that to us, and that's the key: is it doesn't feel like we're working. But if we punched our hours, um, we're never not working. You know, we never. It's it's not a nine to five. You check in, check out. Um, always on Twitter. Always on Slack. Always doing things. Whether it's eleven o'clock at night, one o'clock at night, six in the morning, depending on the day, people ask like, "Are you? Do you get a? You know, do you wake up early?" Well, it depends on the morning. Depends on what the yeah. mission calls for. Sometimes I'm up at four four thirty in the morning, five in the morning, and some mornings I'm up at eight or nine. Um, some nights I'm in bed at nine thirty, just totally exhausted. Some some you know for whatever reason you're up till one or even later. So. It's literally you have to be able to 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 take that on, and adjust and and smile while you're doing it and love it and realize that you'd be miserable doing anything else. You'd be miserable working for the man. You'd be miserable trying to become partner at the investment bank or the law firm. And some people love that. They love that yeah. certainty. They're like, I want that linear path from where I am right now to where I'm going to be in 20 years. That is uh, comforting to me. I don't want to swim with the risk of other people's money and employing a lot of people um, yeah. and building a company. Um, I love that risk. It doesn't feel like risk. I sleep very well at night, um, even though you know other people might look at me and like you're you're carrying the weight of the world and juggling all this stuff. So you got to find what's the right adventure for you. I mean, for us, it's building a company. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can actually totally relate because I, I used to work mad hours um, as a journalist for um, China's global TV network. And I'm talking like six in the morning until midnight, no weekends. So that that obviously builds up and I hated it and I was absolutely miserable. Um, whereas now, sometimes I'm working even more, definitely working on the weekends, given we're in lockdown here in the UK. And it's fun. It doesn't feel like work because, you know, you're building your own dream. Um, so it makes sense. And I think I, think I saw um, somebody tweet something like entrepreneurs are the only people that would sort of leave a, a job just to work more hours. That's a good um, one. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but it's really, it's, it's I think work is, is that one of those funny wor words that like implies like an arduous task. And, and I think when you're doing what you love, it, it tends to be more play and you're in flow and, and it, it doesn't feel like work. And I think that's kind of the key here. Um, and, and just finding like that, that passion in that area where it doesn't feel like work and you're willing to put in as much time, uh, as it takes and probably, you know, uh, tons more than if you were just working at a, a normal job. So, and I think also figuring out like what, what drives you, like what is, what is your purpose, your mission, your why? Um, and that's a tough thing. And it sometimes takes people a long time to figure that out if they ever do. Um, some people like love to sort of give back. Um, they, they need to be in the Peace Corps and do that kind of uh, service, you know. Others want to build uh, or create. Um, so I think finding that is, is, is actually really important. And we often um, 
I find it sort of later on, um, well after we started creating a company and then we're like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I know why I'm here, how I got here. But you sort of felt it instinctually, but you didn't actually like write it down on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I'd say is it's not just about hard work, right? Because um, Elon Musk doesn't have more hours in the day than, than you or I. It's, it's also about like, obviously there's going to be hard work, but we don't want to celebrate that in and of itself, right? Um, it's about building great teams. It's about creating leverage through great teams. It's about delegating, decentralizing decision-making, building a culture of innovation. So you're just not coming up with only ideas. It's leveraging through scale, through code, through technology, through all these things that allow the same people with the same amount of hours in their day to have a dramatically different input on the other side. Um, so it is hard work. It's it's going to be a challenge, but also it's not just as simple as like it's not the pursuit isn't banging your head against the wall, right? It's it's working smart, working with leverage um, to build something really great. That's what really separates um, a good company from a great company. Yeah, I think smart work is an important one. Um, hard work means nothing um, without smart work. But just a personal question for both of you. Um, so what's it like? kind of going through this jungle of life um, and sort of having each other, right? So from college, from dealing with Facebook, you know, business together, you know, partying in Ibiza together to building all these things together. What's it like to literally have each other, you know, because you're not tackling this on your own, which I think is insane, really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you have like a co-founder like built in and... Uh, <laughs> We, we, so I'm left-handed, Tyler's right-handed. So we do Stop. actually- Stop, that's yeah, so funny. No, we're, we're <laughs> that's amazing. Mirror image twins. And uh, we, we have different styles, um, but we have obviously like a shared set of values. Um, and so we're not sitting around ratifying each other all day long. We're actually challenging each other and being thought partners um, and calling bullshit or, or offering like constructive feedback. Um, it's gotten more constructive as we get older, you know, but sometimes when you're yeah. younger, you're just like, ah, you know, um, but the point being is, is we're, we're teammates and we've been teammates for a long time, whether it's in the rowing arena, athletics, um, in litigation, founding a company. Um, and it's really exciting because we sort of have different points of views. Um, and, and so I think it's worked really well. We're not sort of the same person that would be really boring and we'd probably make bad decisions because we'd both be kind of, uh, you know, self -rat ratifying each other mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think there's, we've created that space where we can have really healthy disagreement and, and build, you know, um, strategy around that. So, um, it's been, it's been really, really great. What are your thoughts, Tyler? <laughs> Has it been having Cameron oh, with you yeah. this whole time? No, I, I, that, I thought that was the point of having a twin brother. You can just answer. No, that. never. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So to bring it to crypto, like um, in terms of values, like foundationally, on, on like layer one, we're the same, right? But as you go up the stack, we have different preferences. Um, but what's key, the number one thing you got to pick is value alignment, you know? what like your ideas of integrity, character, honesty, truth, those things you've got to get right with your, your partners, your employees. Um, the next sort of layer is like abilities, um, horsepower, raw horsepower, like values, abilities are hard to change. 
and they're kind of fully baked by the time you you're, you're an adult. Um, skills are the easy things to change or learn. Like we can take someone with good values, great abilities at Gemini and almost no skills and give them the skills, teach them the skills. And in fact, it's sometimes better because yeah. experience is just another word for like bad assumptions or um, like poor skills or skills we wanna like detrain because um, this is crypto, it's a frontier. Everything's different, new. So you gotta get the values alignment and then you want that respectful discourse. You want that disagreement because that's how great ideas are made is, is the sort of like respectfully butting heads. It's not consensus of, of a committee. Um, so we very much um, followed that in our own relationship. I might, you know, turn on a song or something and like, oh, that's a good song. And Karen's like, oh, I don't really like that. Like, that's great. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, we can argue like, but why do you think that this way? Um, well, I think this is the problem with the guitar line or you know, the, the lyrics or the sound or the tone or whatever, the pitch. Um, so we can kind of go back and forth and that's just like, it's intellectual sparring. You know, we're like uh, intellectual jogging partners. You want to surround yourself by those people where you have that space um, and grace to challenge each other and always hire people smarter than you. That's rule number one. A lot of people like, cool. it's crazy, but on ego, they want to be like key person, narcissistic, narcissistic. You just want to like have A pluses around you and you want like people who are more successful, smarter, better looking, whatever, because um, it just levels you up. Yeah, absolutely. What do they say? You are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. Um, but guys, just finally, what are you doing next? What's the vision for Gemini? What can we expect? I would say one of the the coolest uh, things that we're, we're really excited about is NFT, non-fungible tokens, and art and collectibles. So we actually bought a platform, uh, niftygateway.com, which is now a Gemini, a Gemini family. And um, we relaunched a platform, I think, in March of, of 2020. And it's really been growing like a weed and, and really exciting. There's um, some amazing artists and content on it. Um, and these are, you know, these are pieces of art that are verifiable and they live on the blockchain. And we think that's really the next frontier of like art and collectibles. And um, people are getting really excited. I mean, the energy, again, reminds us of like early Bitcoin 2012. Yeah. Like, whoa, what is this thing? And, and it's still like hard for a lot of people to get like, wait, what do you mean? Like digital art? Can I just take a screen grab of it? Like, how, you know, what is this canvas and this medium? And, and the, 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 the simple answer is you can go to the Louvre and take a, a photo of the Mona Lisa with your iPhone. Doesn't mean you own the Mona Lisa or whatever. And uh, it's, it's, we think it's a really exciting frontier and you're gonna hear more and more of it. Uh, we've had drops from artists and, and recording artists and all kinds of things. So it's, it's been cool. Nice. All right. Well, yeah, go on. Let's hear Tyler. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, I'm reading through the comments. Um, oh, I haven't read them yet. Oh, no. Uh, it's very colorful. Um, a lot of interaction. How is it? Um, but um, should we take like a rapid fire uh, couple yeah, questions? Yeah, let's definitely do that. Let's definitely do it. Let me have a look through. Guys, if you have any questions you want to ask, then put them in now because there are like hundreds of questions right, we've got to right. go through. It would be easier if uh, people just, if, even if they had put a question up, up top, just put it in right now so we can see it and not have to scroll. All right, let's have a look. They're coming through. So, can we ask Leia a question? No, ask them a question. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming through. Would you like? Okay. Let's, oh, gosh, here we go. 
Hang on. Let me get that back. Okay. Will, will you offer a debit card? Uh, yes, looking into it. Okay, that's great. Oh, this is going so fast. Bear with me. Fishing with me uh, on Lake Huron. Uh, yeah, maybe. That sounds kind of fun. Old sailor trader. Here we go. Thoughts on Ada Cardano? Um, haven't looked at it close enough yet. Okay. Um, let's get some more. They're moving really quite hard, fast. It's hard to get them up. Let's have a look. We've already answered that one. Here we go. When do you plan on adding more projects to Gemini? Uh, soon. We're actually looking at more token listings right now. Okay. Let's have a look. There's more here. Will you branch to sport NFTs? Yes, and I think we've actually already done athlete and brand NFTs, so that's actually already happened, but definitely. I mean, when I think of like NFTs, I think of digital art and collectibles, so everything that's happening in the trading cards market, like the offline meat space, like the PSA 10, Jordan rookies and stuff, we're looking at bringing that onto the blockchain, so definitely do more sports stuff and collabs with um, artists and, and athletes for sure. Will you ever retire? No, because we're not working. I, re Yay. I retired when I started Gemini. Not. Um, no, I think, it, I, what would we do with ourselves? Um, it's so exciting. That's like saying, will I ever get off Twitter? I mean, all <laughs> my friends, all those, my internet friends, I won't, I won't have them anymore. Um, that's that's hard, hard to imagine, that future. What's Tyler and Cameron's favorite book? So I'll tell you two books that are, I think are incredible for any entrepreneur. Um, recently read No Rules Rules. It's the Netflix book by Reed Hastings and I think Erica Meyer, but you can Google that if I got that wrong. Um, so good, talks about their culture, all the, the insights. Um, I, I really liked it. I found myself nodding a lot like, hey, this makes a lot of sense. Thank you for putting words uh, to that. And uh, also, um, every every entrepreneur should read Zero to One by Peter Thiel, sort of the art of a startup. Um, it's a short little book. There's so many pearls of wisdom in there. Um, building a company and startups, even angel investing is very counterintuitive. And uh, Peter lays this out perfectly. So uh, I would definitely, those are must reads for sure. Working as influential entrepreneurs, what is your view on this modern PC work culture? That's a cool one modern pc work culture i guess he means personal everybody computer, personal computer <laughs> we use personal computers every day <laughs> all right there's a bit what else we've got here have you considered integrating with tradingview.com for, uh, for gemini that'll be cool that's an interesting question because we actually have um and i think we've had an integration with tradingview for almost a year so you can link your tradingview account with gemini and trade all the cryptos that we offer what are your thoughts on privacy? I guess they mean privacy coins. Um, we list Zcash um, and we we turned on shielded addresses, I think uh, this fall. And we believe there's like a real need for, for privacy, uh, commercial privacy in, in finance um, and transactions. And so, and I think we were the first like regulated exchange in the world to list Zcash and maybe still the only one. Um, the way we did that is we really engaged with regulators and and work with them to sort of demystify a lot of this. Um, after all, regulators are are uh, comfortable with cash, right? And and so Zcash is is very much uh, takes sort of the properties of of uh, analog real world meat space cash to the blockchain. 
and uh, a lot of education, but we got it done and we got them comfortable and we're really excited to support the project and we think it's a, it's a really, really good one. This is a great question. Does spirituality play any role in your lives and business making decisions? Um, like horoscopes or something? No, I guess more, more I'm going to guess they mean more. <laughs> is a is a horoscope, you know, there's some spirituality there. Um, I think, yeah, look, I think um, when you think of like spirituality and like following the charm of the universe and like letting nature sort of author like a path, so to speak, um, that's like very much uh, in line with with entrepreneurship and building a company, right? You, you cannot be rigid. Um, and you cannot cling to things that are no longer relevant. Um, a lot of times, you know, we go down paths and we say, oh, wait a second, that's no longer makes sense or whatever. And you, you pull back and you follow sort of um, that serendipity in many ways. That's how we found Bitcoin, serendipity. We were, we were just sort of open and we have this value at Gemini called beginner's mind where we approach things with the mind of a beginner. We don't bring assumptions from um, you know, past experience that can cloud our decision-making. Because a lot of people saw Bitcoin, but they didn't invest. They did the opposite. Mm. They, they, they either went the other way or they, they ridiculed it. Um, and, and a lot of the, those folks have come around uh, since then, but that is a really important value um, in how we think about it. And it is very much, I think, uh, in like the, the spirituality domain, I think it's a concept that you find in in uh, meditation and 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 uh, um, self improvement a lot. Um, and so we think I think I think very much spirituality is part of what you're doing. You you have like this higher calling, this mission. Otherwise, just go work for the man. Go go do you know another job, right? I think Joel loved your answer. He says, thank you. Um, and what about Doge? When is that available? Can't disclose, um, but, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's a really interesting Can project. Take a vote with the, um, the audience. Uh, just if you want to see Doge on Gemini, put a plus one. Oh, that'll be cool. Let's yeah, do that. Get it on if you think we shouldn't. <laughs> put a minus. No, still put a plus one. <laughs> with all your success, what do you consider as your greatest achievement? Gosh, um, I think the 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 group of people we've assembled at Gemini, um, flattered and honored that these folks took a risk on us, took a leap of faith on us, and ultimately trust us to lead them uh, to the moon. Um, so that is definitely one of my top, uh, if not the top, uh, uh, professional, maybe even personal accomplishments or it's definitely let's put it in the per professional bucket yeah i i have to echo that one um you know it's such a privilege and honor to work with our team um and and a lot of them you know they've taken a risk on our vision and and both crypto but also our vision and leadership and uh it's it's really kind of such a pleasure to to work with with uh our team. And I think that was super amazing. Um, also rowing in the Olympics was, was definitely a, a super amazing highlight to, to represent our country and, and really be part of, uh, the Olympic movement, which is, which is really much more than, than just uh, sport. You know, it's, it's, it's really a, a peace, a peace movement. Um, and that was, that was a really exciting journey. Um, so I'd say those two are, are, are high up there. Bit of a cheeky question. Are you guys um, in touch with anybody from Facebook? 
So we're in contact with Dustin uh, Moskovitz. We actually ran into him. We went to Burning Man in 2013 and 2014. And I, I can't. I think it was 2013. We actually uh, randomly, serendipitously met um, and sort of kept in touch. Um, so I think he's the only guy we we are in touch with from Facebook. I have a feeling that if we ran into Severin, we would be friends. Um, you know, given that we went through sort of similar things a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if we've met any of the other. Um, founding team, actually, other than Mark, of course. Have you guys ever tried out Nano? What do you think of it? Haven't tried it out, I don't think. How about you, Cameron? A, a Nano? Nano, it's a crypto. It's quite an interesting one. No, I'll have to check it out. All right, they're, they're, they've got a great community. Um, they're, gonna be, they're really happy that you, uh, that you talked about that. Um, any thoughts on Bitcoin Cash? I think so. Bitcoin Cash is a fork of of um, Bitcoin. Uh, came about through a disagreement in uh, transaction speed and throughput. Um, look, I think I think it's great that other you know if other people want to build other communities and, and projects, that's awesome. I think it's healthier to sort of not have a lot of disagreement. You know, just fork it and go your own mm -hmm. way. Um, haven't stayed that close to the project, but I think. Um, you know, look, it's it's a project out there. We support it on Gemini for listing and trading. So um, if you if you want to buy some, you know, we offer it. Will Gemini have their own token like Binance? Um, not anytime soon. We have we, well, we have a stable coin. So we have I, I don't know the Binance token, but if it um, but we have a stable coin called the Gemini dollar. It's a one to one peg um, with the dollar. Um, I'm also looking at a, uh, a question that says, Flexa, how easy is the relationship been? Flexa team is fantastic. Um, they, they feel like the Gemini team. Um, there's so much value alignment. They literally fit in um, like a glove in Gemini and we've had an incredible relationship with them and we look forward to um, doing some great stuff, uh, continued stuff in the future for sure. All right. Um, I think just the last one last question. Gemini earn live. Um, meaning like, is it live? The the product? I think that's what they're asking. Yeah. Yeah. So we we offer uh it's open to a select group of customers as we sort of test and roll it out. Um, we just want to make sure everything's, you know, it's a new new product, but it it should be open for everyone within a week or so. And we'll message on Twitter, follow, you know, at Gemini on Twitter. Um, or our blog, or, or myself at Cameron or at Tyler, if you want to uh, stay up to date. But it'll be out very, very soon. Um, and uh, thanks for asking. Gemini is also available in Portugal. Uh, someone just asked, and also Netherlands, um, and, and pretty much I think everywhere in in the European uh, economic area or Europe. So check it out. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and I'm sure the audience is super pleased um, about the AMA. Great idea. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so interesting to learn uh, more about you and understand you know, what's coming up with Gemini next. Thanks for having us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you, audience, for being lively and having the great questions. And we look forward to coming on again in the future, not too long from now. Absolutely. Speak soon. Bye. All right, see you. Yeah.